0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is David Rowlands. I'm your host, and I'm joined today by Chris Penn, who is the co founder and chief data scientist at trustinsights.ai. So, Chris, thank you very much for joining me. Um, First things first, can you just tell us a little bit about the company and your role there?
1: Sure. Uh, Trust Insights is a management consulting firm. We're about five years old now, so well into the toddler stage. Uh, My role is chief data scientist. So, my work encompasses data science, analytics, machine learning, and artificial intelligence, deploying these on behalf of clients, uh, sometimes providing strategic counsel to clients about them, and in a few cases, actually building the technology for them and deploying it internally. Now, I'm in the midst of writing an app right now for one of our clients. So there's the, it's a broad set of solutions for helping clients make the most of their data, particularly if they know the data is valuable, but they don't know what to do with it. It's like they've got a bunch of ingredients, and they're like, oh, we don't know what to cook.
0: Yeah, that's such a huge issue at the minute as well. I feel like I'm, I'm often talking to marketers and everyone knows, you know, data is the key. You've got to clean up your data. You've got to make sure it's showing you relevant information. And yet marketers don't always know what to do with it. So do you find that's where you really come into your own as a chief data scientist?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's the equivalent of like giving cooking lessons sometimes. Uh, some, You know, it, it, I use a lot of food analogies because it's relatively universal, but sometimes people just want a recipe, like tell me what to do. Sometimes people are like show me how to cook this thing because I don't know what to do, and sometimes people are like just make me dinner, <laughs> right? Yeah. And of course, <laughs> the you know the complexity and 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 stuff goes up the higher up you go towards that. Uh, but we try to serve you know, uh, do it yourself, um, help you with it, and then do it for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, sure thing. So you are, of course, running a session at Martecopia, um, which is our B2B marketing conference, which takes place on the 29th of March in London. Um, and it's titled How AI is Changing Marketing Practical Use Case Studies. So I don't want to give your whole session away, and I'm sure you don't want to either. Um, but one area of AI that's getting a, a huge amount of focus right now uh, is ChatGPT. Um, and, you know, I think there's some debate as to whether this is a, a genuinely really exciting, useful tool or if it's just hype. And I think, it you know, it kind of remains to be seen what the case is. But just for context, you know, what exactly is ChatGPT and, and how does it really use AI?
1: Okay, so ChatGPT is a chat interface to a large language model produced by a company called OpenAI. So- the underlying models called GPT 3, it's technically GPT 3.5. GPT sa- stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. And these are large language models. What a large language model is, is a lot of text that has been digested down and then using machine learning, uh, building essentially a, a massive probability matrix. So, for example, um, if you look at the last 50 years of data up until um, the beginning of 2022, if I said, God save the, what's the next probable word in that sentence prior to 2022? Queen. Right. God save the queen. And so now in 2023, obviously that's changed. We, we now God save the king, right? Because of, of the, the change last year. When you take all of the text that's publicly available and you build these uh, these probability matrices, these large language models start to be able to generate, hence the generative, uh, generate text. Um, you can take existing text and have it refine it, or you can take new text, you, you give it a prompt to say, create new text for me. And that's what this thing does. Now the chat GPT mo- interface is, a lot of people call it game changing because it dramatically simplifies how you interact with these models. Up until now, like the chat, the GPT-3 model has been available for two and a half years now. And folks who are a little more technically savvy, have been using it, building it into products and things like that. So it's it's not new technology by any means. What is new is the chat interface, which makes it accessible to the non-technical. Anyone can go in and use it if it's available in your country, because it is there are some geographic restrictions. And the other thing that is different is that it has a little bit of memory. It has a, a, a little bit of memory. So it remembers kind of the things you've talked about with it in in the same conversation. And that's what makes it useful? Is it game changing for people who have no experience with AI? Yes. Right. For people who are, are unaccustomed to working with AI, it is it is game changing. For people who've been around for a while, no, it's 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 a handy interface, but it is by no means you know brand new to anyone who's been in the industry for a while.
0: Mm, sure thing. So in Propolis, which for uh, anyone who's not aware, this is our community intelligence platform, um, which facilitates loads of sort of great. Cross industry discussions. Uh, we actually had a really interesting conversation about ChatGPT, um, and we even had our copywriting specialist David Maguire weigh in heavily on the topic. Um, and one notion that kind of emerged in the conversation, you know, admittedly amongst others, was that a lot of people thought that ChatGPT could be a really useful tool for things like you know landing page copy or any kind of simple short copy. You might be things like tweets and things of that nature um but it's probably not quite as useful for creating that really kind of beautiful original long form copy so i'm just interested to learn you know what are your thoughts on this as an ai expert um and do you think it's really is only useful for those kind of more mundane writing tasks
1: if you are expecting to put in a short prompt and get a novel out of it then yes you're going to be very disappointed right <laughs> um that's that's not how large language models work they uh, they are good at uh, the open ai model is good for about what are called tokens 4000 tokens which works out to about 3000 words at a time so it can generate about 3000 words at a time if you learn how to do prompt engineering which is the uh the the art and science of coercing these models to, to spit out useful stuff then yes you can create long form content i have seen some uh fan fiction on archive of our own that is 60 70000 words generated by chat gpt it was done with human assistance, uh, so you know a human essentially wrote out, with the AI wrote out an outline and then had a write piece by piece each of the individual pieces and then copied and pasted it together. Um, but it absolutely can do that as long as you're good at prompt engineering. That is one of the things that I think people have not fully figured out yet. The easiest way to describe good prompt engineering is that it's kind of like a recipe or a creative brief. If you used to writing creative briefs for uh, a firm, you would never hand an ad firm, you know, write me an ad for Coca-Cola cans, right? And they just hand that off to the firm. Like, no, they, they would look at you like, what's wrong with you? You'd have a page long brief of here's all the things that has to be at the dimensions, this, that, and the other thing. That's what a good prompt for these language models looks like. So people right now are using the tool in a way that it, they're, that makes a lot of assumptions about how the tool should work, um, but it's not where, the way the tool works best. There was a great quote um, from a mathematician in the 60s, and I can't remember his name right now, it's driving me batty, um, who said, a word is known by the company it keeps. A word is known by the company it keeps. And that's how prompt engineering works. If you give it a very short prompt, like write me an article about the Martacopia Conference, it's gonna come up with some very generic, very bland. If you say, write me an article promoting the Martechopia Conference, which is a conference held in London on the 29th of March, 2023, the topics are about marketing technology, AI data science. Uh, attendees will probably learn this, that, and the other thing. Here's some of the speakers and stuff. It's gonna write you a much more detailed, thorough article because there's more words for it to grasp onto to understand the meaning, to then generate new text. And so that's... Uh, it is absolutely useful for any kind of writing task, but the more
0: complex the task, the more specific and detailed you have to be. Okay. That's really interesting. I, I think the question I have um, as as a writer in, in many aspects of my job, if ChatGPT is kind of writing based on content that already exists on the internet, is it fair to say that it's never going to be able to create anything particularly unique or original because everything it does is based on stuff that already exists? Um, so you know, if ChatGPT really takes off and simple copywriting tasks do get replaced by this, you know, this robot, um, do you think this would lead to a shrinking talent pool of copywriters? And and what do you think this might mean for marketers? So
1: there's two different aspects here. One, the model gets updated and refreshed over time, right? It's not a static model. Uh, the 3.5 release was pushed out. I want to say last like mid to late late last year um the version 4 model will be coming sometime this year that will be up to date with everything that is you know prior to 20 2022 and earlier so the model keeps growing keeps learnings and here's the thing about the creative process especially in business and marketing I, i'm going to exclude fiction right now um, Especially especially business and marketing Let's be honest, how much original stuff are we creating as humans, right? It's like, oh, look, another press release. Yay. Uh, Right. Exact same random quote from the CEO that the CEO never actually said. Then we just stuffed words in his mouth and yet we've got our same flexible, scalable uh, turnkey solution. We're not that original. One of the things that's unique about a large language model is that, yes, it can't create a net new idea, but it is got the sum total of, of many of the existing ideas in it, and it can mix and match that into into ways, combinations that we might not have seen yet. so there definitely is at a level of originality to it, but it cannot create net new things from knowledge it doesn't have, but it does have a lot of knowledge, more than you or I ever will in our brains. However, there is a second twist to this that I think makes it super useful. The name gives it away, generative pre-trained transformer. Now, without getting into the math, transformers are really good at taking inputs and turning them to other outputs, right? So chat GPT and the GPT family is good at generating text. It's better at, ref- at refining t- text. So one of the things that I love to do with it is I'll take my smartphone and I'll be you know, driving, getting groceries, whatever, and I'll turn on the voice memos app on my phone and, and feed it to a company called Otter, O T T E R, or otter.ai, um, and I'll get a transcript of my rambling. Now, let's be honest, this rambling is distracted. It's got a lot of ums and ahs and uh, you know, all those kinds of fillers. I will then take that text and feed it to Chat GPT and say, rewrite this for readability. Use proper grammar, punctuation, spelling, structure, and formatting. What it will do is it will take my existing words that I gave it and make them legible, make them readable. And so it's not creating new ideas. It is taking my existing ideas that are original to me and making them more coherent. And that is one of the most powerful things it can do. So yes, it may not create net new content, but if you are having it transform existing text that you're feeding it, that is original to you. Now you're preserving your originality, your value as a writer, as a creator, but having it do the legwork of oh wow this person wrote a whole bunch of almost coherent text it's, there was a fantastic article in buzzfeed about 6 months ago about a person an engineer who had written an app for severely dyslexic people to essentially write business emails from from their text because uh, because of dyslexia they have trouble crafting you know the kind of formal overly verbose uh, emails that you probably want in, in like a proposal quote. And this app does it marvelously. Get, the person gives it a 10-word a email and it transforms it to a regular business email. Again, it's transforming. So does this mean that we'll have a shrinking pool of writers? No, uh, for two reasons. One, the, the instinct to write, to communicate is, is built into many of us, right? People will write whether or not, Anyone even reads it. There's some folks who will write just to write. um, And that's not going away. Uh, And two, the writers will now be... One of the questions people love to ask is, is AI going to take my job? And and Paul Retzer, who's a friend of mine, has a great saying. He says, you know, AI is not going to take your job, but a person who's skilled with AI will absolutely take your job if you're not. And that's true for writers. A writer who does not have AI in their pocket yeah, you're an endangered species. Um, a writer who is capable and skilled with AI and can create and write and then refine and polish uh, what an AI publishes, that's going to be a very successful writer.
0: Mm. It sounds like it's not about replacing creativity, but it's almost al- allowing you to focus on creativity because a lot of that slow kind of grunt work is is taken up by the AI. Is that a, a fair thing to say, do you think?
1: Exactly it's it think of it like a spreadsheet right a spreadsheet takes the grunt work out of doing the addition subtraction multiplication and division right a spreadsheet has not replaced mathematicians a spreadsheet has not replaced accountants right it has simply made your job easier and With these AI tools, if you're you're fluent in using them, they do the exact same thing, right? They're not going to take your job. They are going to take tasks and stuff that is mundane, that is highly repetitive, um, and do it for you, making you theoretically more efficient.
0: Mm, Yeah, so I I guess my only concern is, and I'm extremely guilty of this, um, is we all sort of get hyped up in the next big technology. Last year, it was NFTs was the big topic. And I'm not saying NFTs are irrelevant or they're going away. I'm not saying any of that. But it does feel like they had a bit of a moment where everyone was talking about them and now kind of no one's talking about them. Do you think that this is going to be the same with ChatGPT? Or do you think it really is the real deal and it's it's here to stay immediately?
1: The concept of a chat-like interface to a large model whether it is a language model, and image model, like uh, Stable Diffusion or DALI 2, which create those you know crazy artworks, that is here to stay because it is a simple interface that people can understand that reduces friction. Right? It reduces friction between you and the AI. You can work with this now without technical experience. So I don't think that's going anywhere. What the next evolution looks like is more purpose-built stuff. So right now, ChatGPT, because it's a, a vanilla untrained, untuned model, can do a lot of things very capably. Um, however, the opportunity for companies and businesses is to now work with any of these language models because there's some that are open source that you can download for free. And as long as you have the compute infrastructure and the, the talent, you can build your own. Um, you're going to see more purpose-built stuff. So imagine the same chat GPT style interface with the same level of fluency with language but as an actual customer service robot, instead of you know, the, the sort of dumb chatbots we have now, they're like, I'm sorry, I don't understand you." Like, no, no, that's, that's, it's pretty simple. Um, we know that, for example, Microsoft has invested heavily in the ChatGPT interface uh, and also the, the language model itself to, to integrate into Bing, their search engine, because they recognize that people are asking ChatGPT questions that should be going to search engines and they're not. We know from an article in uh, CNET, I believe it was uh, last month, that Google's had sort of an all hands on deck emergency, uh, uh, you know, uh, It to what do they do about this thing? Because again, if you go to a, a large language model, ask questions that you normally search for, that's going to fundamentally impact a business where your ad, you know, your ad revenue is going to drop like a rock because no one's coming to you anymore as the expert. So they've got to figure that out super, super fast. <clears throat> and for every business. We need to be thinking about, should we be building a fine-tuned version of these models for ourselves, right? Imagine taking uh, all of your blog content that you have on your website, taking an existing language model and doing the fine-tuning process, which basically says, make it look and sound and think more like our our content and having that on your blog, right? Suppose that someone could have a chat with your organization uh, as an entity that was as realistic as talking to you personally, um, that there's a lot of scale in that. So I think the specific tool chat GPT is gonna go through a bunch of iterations. We don't know what it'll look like. We do know open AI plans to, to charge for a version of it at some point. Uh, I would strongly recommend if there's tools that are involved that you're interested in. Most of these companies have Discord servers. They're free to join. Join the Discord server. And then you get open, you get the fastest notice of what they're planning and, and what they're working on. It's it's one of the best news sources. But the idea of non-technical interfaces to large models, that's not going anywhere.
0: Mm. I, I can see already, you know, there's so many great use cases of chat GPT in action. I mean, the one you suggested that I hadn't even thought of was the chat bots. And, and you're right, you know, so often you speak to these chatbots. And the response you get is, I'm sorry, I didn't understand that. And you just end up in this endless nightmarish loop of not getting your solution <laughs> found, basically. Um, but right now, is it too early to point to any examples of marketers using ChatGPT as part of their overall strategy? Um, or you know, are you seeing people using it?
1: Oh, tons of people are using it. I mean, We're using it all the time. Uh, I see blogs using it very frequently to... Draft net new content, or to re to remix existing content, update and upgrade existing content. Um, I have a whole folder of prompts that I use for Chat GPT. I'll give you a couple examples. I'll, I won't read the whole thing because they're really long. But I everyone says, you are you will act as an expert on public speaking. You specialize in helping keynote speakers get booked for conferences and events like Martecopia, uh, obtaining high prestige and high paying speaking opportunities. You're an expert understanding compelling public speaking abstracts and topics, knowing what abstracts audiences will find most compelling. Your first task is to read the following abstract and make it as compelling as possible for a speaking coordinator to select it from speaking pitches as the preferred keynote speaker. And then I have a, an abstract that I wrote uh, for a talk that I'm giving uh, very similar to the one that we're uh, giving at Martekopia. Um, and I had the robot re- re- rewrite it. and it did some things better. It did some things I didn't I didn't love, but now I have a much better upgrade of that. Um, another example is uh, I have one, says, you're an expert social media manager. You're skilled at crafting this stuff. I give it the same qualifications. And I say, in your capacity as a social media content creator, you will create an appealing, enticing summary for a YouTube video based on the provided transcript. The summary should not give away too many details so that the reader is compelled to watch the video. And now every week, I publish daily videos. Every time I publish a video, I feed it through transcription. Then I feed that through chat GPT, well, the GPT-3, and say, make me... A YouTube caption that's compelling that is the that will get someone interested um, I've had it write 60 70 tweets at a time I give it a corpus two pages of text and say write 40 tweets from this because I don't feel like it um, and especially uh, specifying you must use these hashtags you must use this URL and so on and so forth so there are a ton of easy simple marketing tasks that the machine's already doing and that I think if people could see the variety of marketing specific tasks that you could use this for, it would blow their minds. You know, transcribing calls as an example. One of my favorites, is i'll take a call transcript from a, a client call and i will say um, you are an administrative assistant skilled at taking unedited transcripts of conference calls and producing bulleted lists of meeting notes and action items you'll take in the following meeting notes and produce a bulleted list of meeting notes and the action items assigned to each person in the meeting after each section produce a bullet point list of key points and now suddenly an hour-long call that i have with a client i feed it to the robot and i've got my action list of 10 or 15 items that go straight into my task management system. And no one had to listen to that call again. No one had to remember, oh, what did we say to that person? You know, what do we promise on that call? And so I can be a much better client advocate just by having the machines take, tell me just what the, what's the to-do list from that hour-long meeting? Like, yeah, there's a lot of rambling, but what are the five things we've got to do to make this client happy?
0: Yeah. It's funny. I can hear practically in the background, marketing operations people getting terrified at the idea that marketers getting really excited about this new technology, but then, you know, they're not integrating it with their tech stack. It kind of sits on the outside as this, I don't want to say, well, gimmick currently, and then someday it can become part of their stack. But do you think that ChatGPT can integrate with things like, you know, your CRM, for instance, or is that, you know, a way off in the future?
1: No, the so the GPT three model, which is the underlying technology, is already available as an API from uh, OpenAI. In fact, it's been available as an API for two two plus years. So anyone who has coding experience, anyone who's software experience can absolutely do that. In fact, you know, I wrote an extension for our own stuff to take data out of our HubSpot CRM and pass it to Chat GPT to the GPT-3 model and say, okay, I want to summarize, you know, summarize these things. That's available today. It is in market today, and the cost is relatively low. Cost is, um, I think I want to say it's a penny per thousand tokens. So yeah, if you've got a hundred thousand employees, it's gonna, you know, you're gonna get a decent bill um, for from OpenAI. But for particularly for small to mid-sized businesses, this has the potential to be a huge lever um, to dramatically improve your productivity as long as you have the technical folks who can connect the systems, who can build the plumbing between the GPT-3 model and your systems.
0: Yeah, I might be going too far with this. I might be getting carried away. But do you think then if you can like you say, you know, you can integrate ChatGPT with your um with your CRM and and tailor emails on, in that kind of way that ChatGPT really is the next stage of of marketing automation basically.
1: It should be. I mean, large language models in general should be um we know that large language models are generally they're capable writers, right? They are capable writers. What they produce is pretty good writing. Ma- the majority of people are not pretty good writers, right? So it automatically has the ability. If you have a, a team and there you have one good writer, and you have like five people who are just horrendous writers. You know, maybe that's not their skill set. Just by integrating this, you can take all five of those people up to mediocre, right? And so from awful to mediocre is a huge leap. And that one good writer is still going to be a good writer, you know? Right? And they're going to be faster. With AI, so they, I think there is tremendous opportunity for companies, but especially smaller companies, if they have the technical capabilities to do so, to leapfrog more uh, conservative competitors that are that can't be as agile.
0: Yeah, absolutely fascinating. I'd, I'd love to chat more about ChatGPT, but I know that you know you're also an expert in all things AI, and ChatGPT is just one small area of it. Um, so you know, we talked about Martechopia, which you are obviously doing a session on it uh, in uh, late March, um, and your session is going to go into this whole topic in a lot more detail. But can you give us just an overview of the sorts of things you're going to be discussing?
1: So there's three fundamental areas of AI, right? There's regression, categorization, generation. So with Chat GPT and Stable Diffusion, Dollar Two, they're all in the, the the generation category. They make stuff. Regression is. I've got a whole bunch of data and I've got an outcome I care about. Tell me what you know. which data essentially relates to this outcome. We see this a lot with things like lead scoring, for example, or uh, attribution analysis. One of the big things that uh, companies, particularly those in the EU and in certain uh, states in the USA, have to pay special attention to is compliance with things like GDPR. We have less and less data to work with. And so, techniques like marketing mix modeling, which is a form of regression, so an advanced form of regression, are going to be the best way to still know what's working in your marketing without using data that is prohibited by law. And so, marketers have to uh, get really good at this. And then, the second category uh, uh, function is categorization. We have more data than we know what to do with. Right? We have terabytes of data, even in a small, you know, in a small company, and so. One of the things we have to figure out is how do we process all that? You know, If you are a company that's in the news and there's 10,000 articles that have come out about you, you need some way to categorize those and, and classify them and distill them down so that you can take action on them. And again, that's some of the things that AI is really good at. All of these things work well together, right? And that's the, the part that people forget. Categorization tells you what you've got to work with. Regression tells you what's effective in that, and then generation as you take, say, what's effective and say, make me more of this. And if you tie those three things together, you are a highly effective organization when you're using AI.
0: Yeah. I think the only thing with AI for me is that I think most marketers or even all marketers really, they, they understand the value that it can provide. You know, They know it can do a lot of the grunt work, and with ChatGPT, they can immediately see the value that it offers. Um, But we also learned at the Leaders Forum, which is uh, an exclusive event we run every year at B2B Marketing, um, that marketers, although they saw that AI was providing a huge opportunity, in fact, they ranked it their biggest opportunity for the year ahead, they also were the first to admit that they didn't feel particularly ready to capitalize on it. And whether that's the skills they have or the knowledge they have around it, it kind of depends on a case-by-case basis. But for the average marketer someone listening today who knows that ai is a big opportunity but they're not really quite sure what to do what would you suggest
1: if it depends on the use case and what it is what the biggest problem they have is if they have a problem with understanding what's working they need to be looking at how attribution works and, and how the different models work and which model corresponds best to their business because different models function well for different businesses if they are swimming in data that they don't Know what to do with. They need to take a hard look at what are the classification and categorization capabilities of different AI systems that can help them with things like knowledge management. You know, just just knowing what you have to work with. If you are a company like Blizzard Entertainment or IBM, you've got you know hundreds of thousands of employees, you've got billions of pages of documentation. You need some way to categorize that so that people can get to the knowledge that they need to do their jobs. And for mo- for the average marketer generative AI is probably the single biggest opportunity for them. How do you learn to use these systems to create new stuff or to refine existing stuff? We've talked for years, like decades now about content repurposing as part of an SEO strategy. Guess what? Generative AI is probably the easiest answer for that. If you've got a blog post from nine years ago, yeah, it's kind of a little crusty and stuff. Stick it in a generative system, give it The facts it needs to rewrite it and to say, make this blog post A, up to date, and B, twice as long. And guess what? Now you're content repurposing. Transmedia uh, frameworks. Uh, So we we have this thing at Trust Insights we call the Transmedia Content Framework, where you take one piece of content and you just transform it across media platforms. This is how you dramatically amplify your content efforts. Let's say, David, you've written a blog post. It's a thousand-word blog post. It's great. You're like, okay, I've done my job. I've created content, and your boss is like, mm, we need more content. Do you then just, you know, get out your your uh, word processor and and you know start sweating and and write again, or do you say, well, what if we take this blog post and I read it out loud? Okay, now, great, now you've got a podcast, right? You've got a podcast, you've got a podcast episode. Now, suppose you take that and you stick it into a system like Headliner and Headliner generates a video from that. Now you've got a YouTube video. And now you take that video, stick it into DaVinci Resolve, slice it up and now you've got Instagram reels and TikToks and YouTube shorts. And then you see what resonates from all the different places you've put this content. Um, You look at the comments, you take all the comments and the feedback you have summarize that, put that into chat GPT and say, spin me four new pieces from this with these comments or answering these questions based on, and now you've taken this one blog post and you've created a hundred pieces of content with you as the person. So we're not saying add 20 employees to 30 employees, We're saying you as the person, if you're fluent in these tools, this is the opportunity for you to be that, that legendary fabled 10X marketer, right? With the tools, you can be 10 people.
0: Yeah, and I think you forgot that you forgot the most obvious one of all, Chris. It's to attend your session at Opia, where you can actually learn, uh, you know, how AI is changing marketing. Um, well, Chris, I think that's all we've got time for. So thank you very much for joining me. Um, And just a quick note to our audience say that, you know, if you want to hear more from Chris, or of course, any of our other speakers, uh, just check out Martechopia by following the link in the description. Uh, The conference takes place on the 29th of March in London. um, And it's the place to learn more about how to optimize your people, your processes, and your platforms to really, truly drive marketing performance. So that's all from me, Chris. Thank you very much. Thank
1: you. And I'll say one last little thing. I'm going to be at Martech for the entire thing. So I, you know, I'm not one of those folks who comes in, speaks, and then you know leaves immediately. So if you have questions that you want answered and we don't get to it in the session, find me the rest of that day. I'll be at the conference the whole day. I'm happy to answer people's questions.
0: Great stuff. Well, you know to find, where to find Chris. So thank you, and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye.